0: you're listening to the White Sox Talk podcast, which is brought to you by Windtrust Community Bank, home of White Sox Checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at Wintrust.com slash Sox. That's Wintrust.com slash Sox. We come to you every Tuesday or as White Sox news breaks. I'm Chuck Garfine, and we have officially entered one of the wildest stretches of the year. We're talking trading season. The trade deadline. July 31st, so for the next three and a half weeks, we're all going to be pretty much on high alert. We meaning fans, media, and especially GMs as we get closer to the deadline and rumors start to heat up. And as one of the few teams that have let it be known to everybody that they are selling and open for business are the White Sox, who should be extremely busy. I actually feel bad for Rick Hahn's cell phone. I'm not sure it's going to be... uh, silent or resting much over the next few uh, weeks. Uh, what are the White Sox going to do? And what is the market going to be for Quintana, Robertson, Frazier, Melky Cabrera, etc.? I want to talk to someone who is really connected on the baseball scene on this topic. And that person is Bob Nightingale, uh, one of the most connected writers in baseball, to get the temperature of the market and where this all might be going. Uh, he gives an interesting take on where he thinks David Robertson's going to go. And it's not any team that I've heard. We're all saying Robertson to the Nationals, Robertson to the Nationals. No, no, no. Listen to the end of the podcast. Actually brings it up a couple of times. It's another team. And I think that's a good fit for him. But we'll see what happens. Uh, plus, you may have noticed the amount of home runs this year and how far these balls are going. It has people wondering, are the baseballs juiced? Well, Bob wrote a great article on this with easily the strongest comments you're going to see. I mean, David Price says in this article, 100% there's something going on with the baseballs. Marlins reliever Brad Ziegler said, it feels like every park is Colorado. So the article was so big, by the way, that Major League Baseball sent a memo to all Major League teams the next day saying there's nothing wrong with the baseballs. So what does Bob think about that? So we've got trade talk, We've got juice, baseballs, also pace of play, which is a big topic for me, with Bob Nightingale. Coming up, you're listening to the White Sox Talk podcast. Here we go. All right, on the phone is Bob Nightingale, the great baseball writer for USA Today. Bob, thanks for joining me here on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Happy uh, Fourth of July to you as well. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Chuck. So you're covering the Marlins and uh, Cardinals today. Is that what you're doing, Marlins and Cardinals?
1: Yeah. Doing okay. a piece to the Marlins before the, uh, before the All-Star game and see what players are still going to be around about three weeks from now.
0: Yeah. How busy are you going to be for the next, well, three and a half weeks, four weeks? Well, the All-Star
1: game is always crazy, just trying to, you know, they have everybody there. You always feel overwhelmed. Then the trade deadline will be interesting. I mean, it's a uh, it's so topsy turvy because you don't know who's who's going to buy, who's going to sell. I mean, every team in the American League just about is at least a wild card race, and then the uh, in the National League, you know, it's like uh, you know, outside the NL Central, you know, you have a uh, uh, some of these divisions are, are are over in a hurry, and so uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating because some of the teams we thought were going to sell, like uh, the Kansas City Royals. Now all of a sudden they're right there. So they, you know, they're right in the race.
0: So I would think this all helps the White Sox because they're one of the few teams that have you know, planted the flag and said we are selling. And if a lot of teams are thinking that they can be in it and go for it, they might want to make some trades, and they, that should give the White Sox leverage in terms of dealing with yeah. some of their guys. Do you agree with that?
1: Well, particularly a guy like uh, David Robertson. I mean, everybody needs a closer. And I think his value has just gone up. He's had a nice first half. And so teams like the Nationals are are desperate. Uh, You know, the Boston Red Sox are watching out for him. Yeah, they got a closer in Kimbrel. But, you know, the fact that Robertson did so well in the American League East with the uh, Yankees, people know what he can do. So I I would think he could still bring a ton. And, you know, in Quintana, everybody needs a, uh, a, a top starter. And and a team, you know, like Houston Astros, who, you know, like the Cubs a year ago, they're going to make the playoffs, you know, with or without some help. But, you know, one more starter might push them over the edge.
0: What do you think the market is for Quintana? How many teams do you think would really line up and give the White Sox the prospects that they want and actually have the prospects that the White Sox would need to trade them?
1: Well, they got about, you know, about five teams that would have those type of prospects that you can, uh, legitimately trade for him. You know, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a team like Atlanta. You know, all of a sudden now they're kind of hanging around and, uh, you know, they need a starter, you know, uh, a frontline guy. You know, a team like the Astros, they like Quintana, but, you know, he's never been a playoff game or anything like that. So they always wonder, you know, hey, how's he going to, uh, how's he going to react? Uh, so, but but it seems like you know all these teams that are racist. Whether it's the, you know whether it's the Yankees, you know whether it's the uh, uh, Astros, you know even even some of these other teams like the Seattle uh, Mariners, they call you a guy like that and the beauty do the do the, uh, the White Sox have with them. They don't have to trade them. They still got them for two and a half more years. So there's no uh, deadline pressure for them.
0: Another team that I was thinking about the other day would we uh, would maybe be a good match for them, and no one's brought them up. And I'm not saying this is even a possibility, but what do you think about the Brewers and Quintana? Because all of a sudden Milwaukee, they might feel like they're in it and they could use a Jose Quintana. They're not going to spend a ton of money probably for a pitcher uh, in the future. And here's Jose Quintana, who's got a team-friendly contract.
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of the surprise teams are in it, like Minnesota and and Milwaukee. I just don't see it, Chuck, in in the sense where they're rebuilding, you know, they're on this path. Why are they going to reverse course now and give up all these prospects, you know, just for one starter? So I'd be I'd be a little surprised to see uh, a Brewers or Twins in on them, just because I think they're really trying to stockpile prospects, just like the White Sox are.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned the Astros, and that seems to be the obvious and obvious hook, an obvious you know connection with with Quintana. But it almost feels like they're a little gun shy, like they're not willing to trade their a lot of their prospects. I don't know if the the Mike fires, Carlos Gomez trade, you know, kind of went against them. Do you think they might be a little gun shy to, to make a deal for prospects? Because the prospects they're bringing up right now are contributing. Maybe they feel like they don't need a Cantana, but they, then again, they've got starters who have been injured. They they, they, they really perplex me right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is like the Cubs. Remember last year, the young know, hey, the Cubs are gonna you know win the division with or without Araldis Chapman, but then we're gonna win the World Series without him. And I think that's the Houston thing is, hey, they're going to get to the playoffs with with or without Quintana, and, uh, you know, is he that type of guy that's going to help you win the, win games in the playoffs? Just don't know. You know, he might be a, a number three starter in the playoffs. But I don't I don't rule out a team like Atlanta, and they got a ton of young prospects, Chuck, where they could just throw like six, seven, eight guys at you and try to overwhelm the White Sox of prospects and see if that works. So I don't discount them.
0: Okay. Are you feeling this or are you hearing this about Atlanta?
1: Uh, no, I, I've heard that with Atlanta. Okay. And they're still, they're still hanging around. And if they didn't think they were serious here, they wouldn't have you know, Freddie Freeman come off the DL and, uh, and play third base. So, you know, they're about seven and a half, eight games behind Washington. You have one team phase in the NL West at a wild card spot open. Yeah, and the beauty about Quintana, of course, is you get them for two more years after this. So it's not like just you know, going for it this year. And they do need more starters.
0: Okay, uh, I, I, so do you think Quintana is going to get traded by the deadline, or do you think he'll be in the off season, or do you think he's not going to get traded?
1: I think get traded, Chuck. I think it's a coin flip whether he gets traded July thirty first or the off season. Okay. I think the off season. I think the off season for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, the thing is about him for for trade deadline. It's not like you're trading for quick Chris sales. That was a different animal, and I know the White Sox said to market him as, well, you get, get him for one more year, cheap money, but we all see what Sale's doing, I mean, he was one of the top, you know, three, four pitchers in all of baseball, and you can't say the same thing about Contana.
0: Do you think the way that he's pitched, now granted, he's pitched a lot better in the last month, but our, I'd like to think that scouts and teams can look past his first two months and say, you know, he's more who he was uh, who he, he's more of who he was in the past, the last month, and now we will give the White Sox really true value for Quintana, or might they be a little more hesitant because the first two months he struggled? Well, the fact
1: he struggled, you know, doesn't help. Uh, but I, I think the way scouts look at him is look like a little bit more of a younger version of, of a John Lackey or just a workhorse. You gonna give him 200 innings every year, going to take, gonna take the ball, and they uh, – you know the the big question is you know can he win in October? Can he be that guy down the stretch? You know we don't know just because he's never had to do it.
0: Okay, let's get back to David Robertson now. I'm stunned that the Washington Nationals have not made a trade for a closer. I mean they're trying to get you know K Rod in there. They, I mean, they obviously have this big cushion in, the, in of a lead in, in their division. Maybe that's the reason why he hasn't pulled the trigger yet. But I mean, that cannot be good for the morale of the team. That time and time again, their bullpen is letting them down and imploding and creating a lot of losses. That come August and September, you're going to want those wins for home field advantage, or they're not getting them.
1: Yeah, I mean, luckily for them, they have such a massive lead in the NL East, which is so weak. Where it doesn't really hurt them. I mean, if they had a bullpen, you know, they'd have a 25 game lead by now. <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's amazing how, how bad that bullpen's been. But, you know, I asked uh, ask their officials about Robertson just a few days ago. And the price tag is so high right now because everybody knows how desperate the Nationals are for a, uh, you know, uh, for, for a closer. And there's so many teams that want a uh, either closer laden guy. If the Stock has gone up. Now, they they had a deal worked out at the winter meetings where they're getting Robertson. The White Sox were paying down about half that contract, um, but yet you got next at the uh, ownership level with with the Nationals. Do you
0: see the trade market heating up maybe in in the next week or two, or do you feel like what's the temperature out there? Is it more of a thing where it's going to be more right before the trade deadline at the end of the month when things are really going to start getting hot?
1: I think right before, you know, everybody's talked about, well, after the draft, is going to heat up, but obviously there hasn't, we haven't seen one trade. So I think, you know, the also break is always a shutdown. I think we'll see the last five, six days uh, before the deadline. You know, I think we'll see a lot of trades, Chuck, after uh, July 31st for a lot of guys clear waivers. Yeah. Now we're not talking about, you know, we're not talking about Quintana or, uh, or, or Robertson, but if a, uh say Quintana is still there, someone could still claim them. They work out a deal. I, I could, I guess a of activity, particularly with some high salary guys guys get through waivers in august
0: yeah, I'm always curious why they always wait if you're a team that you, and i mean there's I know there's a lot of teams that aren't sure exactly where they're at right now, so they want to wait a few weeks, but if you're a team that you know you're going to contend and you know, these are, the games that get played in the next few weeks are just as important as they are after July 31st. And maybe the prices are too high for a David Robertson or a Jose Quintana, but I don't know why there has to be such a, a, a waiting game for a lot of these deals to, make, to take place, especially if you know what you need and you're desperate for needing that. And there's some of these teams that have what you need.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, no way I thought that Robertson would still be with the White Sox this long. But, you know, you might as well have a high price tag and maybe you're going to get it. And I think that's what teams are waiting for. You know, maybe as it gets down to the wire, the price will drop. Whereas you know, teams like the White Sox will say, hey, maybe uh, more of these teams will get in it. So we get a four or five teams bidding for uh, David Robertson and pick and choose who we want to go with.
0: So there's also a couple other guys on the Sox that I think, you know, I don't know what kind of market there would be for them. Let's start with Melky Cabrera. So Melky is having a typical Melky year. He's red hot right now, and he's playing some good defense. And he's got all these intangibles off the field. If I'm a team that is, you know, gearing up for the playoffs, I'd love to have a Melky Cabrera on my team. It's the end of his contract. He's making about fourteen million. What do you think the market would, is right now for Melky?
1: No, he's a guy, Chuck. I think with uh, clear waivers. I don't see him getting traded by July 31st. But I could see him traded sometime in August. I don't think anyone's going to touch that contract. No one's going to pay him over seven million dollars a year. Uh, you know he's not—he's not a difference maker in a lineup. So, but but I do expect him to be traded in August. Again, there's—you know—when you look at the contenders, there's no real contender says, "Oh man, I, I got to have this outfielder." Yeah. Uh, particularly Cabrera. You know, you, you know, there's going to be guys like JD Martinez out there. Uh, you know, and you'd rather have a guy like him with that power than a Cabrera.
0: Do you put Todd Frazier in the same category as Cabrera, or is he different because he plays third base?
1: Yeah, same thing. Uh, not a whole lot of teams need third baseman, And with with his contract, exactly, Chuck, I think he, uh, he'll definitely clear waivers and, uh, and be dealt sometime before August 31st.
0: All right, coming up next here on the podcast, I'm going to get uh, Bob's take on an article that he wrote, a fascinating article about, about uh, are the baseballs juiced this year? He wrote a fascinating article last week and got uh, quite uh, a number of significant and meaningful and eyebrow-raising uh, comments from some players and coaches and scouts around the league. That and also some more trade talk coming up next. You're listening to the White Sox Talk podcast, brought to you by Wintrust. Keep your money local. Bring it home to a Wintrust Community Bank, home of White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at wintrust.com/socks. Members FDIC. Okay, I want to talk about now an article that you wrote uh, this past week in the USA Today about the baseball. Home runs are flying out of parks. In the month of June, we saw the most home runs in a single month in the history of baseball. The third highest month total was in May. So you wrote an article, is the ball juiced? And you had some very strong quotes from... Everyone from David Price, uh, Brad Ziegler, it was, it's was very strong comments saying that they believe there's something going on with the baseball. I wonder if you could just elaborate on what you found and what the feeling is around baseball, certainly among pitchers in baseball about the baseball this year.
1: Yeah, when you talk to the scouts, they think it's been going on for a year and a half now. Uh, but the pitchers just have a different feel on the ball. Uh, they don't have a, the same grip. They think the, uh, the seams are uh, lower. Uh, it just it feels like a different texture of the ball. You know, guys pick it up, and they said they never felt a uh, those baseballs ever being, you know, more hard in their life than they are right now. So, uh, and obviously, you know, with their own eyes, we're seeing balls, you know, flying out to places where we haven't seen. There was this uh, Randall Gleishek for the Cardinals, I want to say a couple of weeks ago. He had a ball that not even Albert Pujols or Mark McGuire hit, to. You know, this guy's not a slugger like those. Uh, even a Scooter Jeanette hitting four home runs. You know, just a a lot of strange things are happening right now that are uh, unexplainable. I know MLB says the balls haven't changed or anything like that, but the pitchers sit there and tell you, no, no, there's something different with the ball. There's no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a game. The White Sox were in Cleveland, and Edwin Encarnacion hit what he thought was a pop-up. He actually swung and was all upset, and the ball went off the wall, off the top of the wall, it was like a foot away from a home run. And when you see stuff like that, that is one of those examples where you're thinking there is something very different with the ball this year. It wasn't like the the wind was blowing out. That was strictly the baseball, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're seeing uh, guys, all these guys in the opposite field now, where guys will break their bat and the ball is still flying out. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, even today, uh, some guy for the Cardinals, I'm trying to think what it was, oh, uh, Greg Garcia hit a home run over Carlos Stanton's head in right field. He looked at the scoreboard like, how is that possible? You know, he, was, he thought he was going to have to run in on the ball.
0: Yeah, here's a quote from your article from Mets pitching coach Dan Worthen. He said, there's a lot of people unhappy with the baseball, and I'm getting the same feedback. You're seeing guys going opposite field, breaking their bats, and the balls are flying out. It's the balls. They're throwing harder with it, but they're getting less movement so they're just hanging there there's got to be some investigation so what i found interesting was you wrote this article and the very next day you reported that major league baseball had sent a memo to all 30 teams saying there's nothing wrong with the baseball so you know where's the truth in this you've got two different sides uh to the argument and uh what are you to believe
1: i think there's something different with the baseball i really do and they uh you know i mean some of the guys, like Clayton Kershaw, as good as he is, I mean, he's already given up a, uh, uh, as many home runs this year as he has in any year of his career. We've still got a half a season to play. Yeah. Uh, and it really, I think it affects guys who want to throw 95-plus. You look at Jake Arrieta. Yeah, his fastball velocity is down. He's not getting that same movement, no arm problems, things like that. And we're seeing all the runs he's given up. You know, uh, you know John Lackey has given up a career-high home runs. It just seems like you know, some of these guys have long track records. All of a sudden, they're getting hit pretty good. You know, why is this
0: happening? So then the question is well, why is it happening? But why would the ball be doctored in the first place? Is this something you think that happens because they're thinking, hey, we want to get more home runs? Or does it happen accidentally? Like, What's behind it, do you think?
1: Well, certainly, everybody's talking about you know more offense. Everybody's been complaining over the years, oh, the pitching's too good, more offense. Well, they got more offense now. I mean, more strikeouts too. But it's like the old uh, days of the steroid era. You know, where just everybody's just you know, balls flying out right and left, and a lot of you know, a lot of little guys too. You know, guys who've never hit these kind of a home run. Yeah. And uh, you know, everybody's pretty convinced the game is clean as far as the buys are concerned. But just that the ball is a- acting funny. Um, you know, a lot of pitchers uh, talked to recently said, "Be interesting to see what happens in the second half, whether the balls will, will somehow change again." because it's getting so ridiculous.
0: Yeah, you spoke to David Price. I mean, he just said 100% there's something wrong with the ball. Was he angry about this when he talked to him, or was he kind of saying it, not in jest, but was he kind of just accepting the reality, or was he just really legitimately upset about this?
1: Just a matter of fact. It was almost like you guys have to be, uh, you know, idiots if you think there's something wrong with the baseball, you know. And it's like a, uh, you know, all the pitchers are talking about it. And he was he's frustrated in the sense where, you know, he got blisters, he had uh, cracked nails, and he said he'd never had that before in his life. But that's just trying to get a, a good grip with those baseballs.
0: This kind of goes along with another topic that's been a big issue for me, and that is pace of play. Uh, because I feel there's a lot going on with pace of play, but to, to kind of piggyback of what we're talking about here, when you have balls flying out of the park, you could see pitchers being almost afraid to throw the baseball and be nibbling and nibbling and nibbling. There's more pitches thrown, games take longer. Is this something that's ever going to get fixed? I mean, the way that they fixed it or tried to fix it to start was just getting rid of the intentional walk, which saves about five seconds. Uh, how big of a problem do you think it is? Because games are taking longer than they ever have, and this is after they've been trying to fix it.
1: Uh, yeah, Chuck, I think we'll see wholesale changes next year. I would be absolutely shocked if we don't have a, uh, a pitch clock, a 20-second pitch clock uh, to force guys to throw. You know, win those 20 seconds. I think we'll have that for sure. I think they'll limit the uh, mound visits. I think, hey, uh, if a catcher comes to the mound or infielders come to the mound, that counts as one visit. So I think we'll see those for starters. Then they'll keep their eye on things. But I, I, I definitely think we'll see a pitch clock.
0: What are you hearing, if anything, about what players' sentiments are about the pace of play? Because they're, a lot of these guys are just, they're playing in the game and they don't even think anything of it. Um... But obviously, as a viewer, it's a whole different experience, and they're just dragging on, especially once the, once you get to the bullpens, because that's where this the games you really seem to be screeching to a halt.
1: Yeah, the players don't seem to mind it. You know, I mean, you hear some people talk about hey, they'd like to have an automated strike zone, that way everything's consistent. And you're not going to complain to a computer screen. You know, the umpire's <laughs> not there. You know about that, but you know the players are almost you know frustrated, like, hey, the only people complaining about it is the media. What wouldn't even hear the fans complain about it. You know, and they'll talk around, too, like, okay, if you want to speed up the game, well, let's cut the commercials back. You know, instead of 2.35 or so, how about 2.05 or, you know, uh, a minute 30 with the commercials? So, obviously, they're not going to do that. So, yeah, you'll hardly hear the players talking about it. it it's more the, uh, uh, more the media, really.
0: <laughs> I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal, I, I, I think it was Jason Gay who reported, he said that he thinks that the games, Major League Baseball games during the week should go down to seven innings instead of nine. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, baseball so big on history. That, that will never happen. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, you know, they even hate the budget of 154, even though 154 game season, and that's the way it used to be. So, you know, it would be interesting to see, say, 20 years down the road, whether to even do something with the extra inning thing, whether you're know, starting with a runner in second or third. I still think that's tough to do. Just because, uh, it's, you know, baseball, uh, their history with, with numbers is better than any sport. I mean, everybody knows the magical numbers in baseball, but they don't know those in, in basketball or football.
0: I uh, just want to get back to the White Sox really quick. So what, what what's your impression on the deals that they've made so far? And this is going all the way back to the winter meetings. The Sox haven't made a deal yet since – or deal since they traded Eaton and Sale. Uh, what do you think about the, what they got in return – and what is uh, maybe ahead for the White Sox and how far out they might be to being able to be a legitimate team again?
1: Well, I think those are two, you know, five-star trades, particularly Adam Eaton's trade. Uh, I thought that was, that was an absolute steal. Hey, Ean he played play well for the Nationals until he uh, blew out his knee. But just to get that kind of return, you I know, mean, it was fabulous. And Chris Hill, it was a uh, high-risk, high-reward. You know, they gave up one of the best pitchers on the planet. Obviously, the Red Sox very happy with what they got, but the White Sox are too. I mean, yeah. the whole team with the White Sox against Danson Mokata. and Mokata turns out to be the player be thinks. It was a great trade. I mean, with the you know, with the with the White Sox thinking they weren't winning with Chris Hill, so you might as well rebuild and get you know more pieces for one.
0: And this one last question has to do with the White Sox, but I'm I'm bringing up the free agent class of 2019, which is going to be the big one. I mean, you're oh. talking Clayton Kershaw, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. How much is that really reflecting a lot of the decision-making that's going on in baseball, even like right now? Is that kind of like the elephant in the room? Because that's going to be a game-changing moment, and even though it's still a year and a half away, your decisions today might affect what happens, not tomorrow, but happen when that free agent class comes to fruition. No,
1: I think it's a big factor, Chuck, where I think teams are already thinking about it. Like, okay, you know, wait a year and a half more so after after the end of the two thousand eighteen season you can grab some of these guys or you'll have the financial clout to do it. You know, say the White Sox are uh, are getting close, they say, you know what, we're gonna get one more guy put over the top, you know, we'll go get a a Clayton Kershaw or or a Machado Harper or something like that. So they're just such a star set of group out there. And if you have the young guys and surround them with a couple of uh, big-time veterans, you got a chance to compete right there in 2019.
0: Do you really think the Sox can compete and will try to compete for some of the, one of those big three guys? You're talking Machado, Kershaw, or Harper?
1: I think it depends on what happens uh, next year and how close you think they are. Uh, I think Machado fascinates a lot of people just how hard he plays uh, in such a premium position. I mean, he can move to st- back to short if he wanted to. But just such a, uh, a a great player. And I think, you know, even though he's not going to be cheap, he probably won't cost as much as Harper. Uh, so I, I think Machado is going to get more play than a Harper because I, I can just think there will be more teams in on him. Really? And the White Sox, yeah, the White Sox will have their money. Obviously, they've spent plenty of money before. Uh, you know, And when you, when you get down to that kind of serious money, you're only going to have a few teams in play. Uh, So it's a question of what city city you want to
0: go to. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they have, like, nothing on the books for 2019. I mean, it's practically nothing, especially if they trade Quintana. You're talking, like, after arbitration, depending on who they keep, I mean, they're going to have, like, you know, $15 million on the books in 2019, some number around there. So if they really wanted to go for a Machado, they can definitely be in it. Uh, But you're, like you said, will Machado want to play for the White Sox? I guess that would be the big question, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you would think, you would, well, who doesn't want to play in Chicago? Yeah. You know, that, that sort of thing. You know, the big thing is winner. I think, you know, all these free agents, everybody wants to go to a, a winner. And what, what gives you the best chance? And sometimes you've got to take a chance. You know, like when, uh, you know, years ago now, when the Tigers got Pudge Rodriguez telling Pudge, hey, we think he'd be the key to our turnaround, you know, he ends up there and, boom! Uh, before you know it, you know, the Tigers start winning division titles. So, you know, same with with a cub to John Lester. If a guy believes they're close enough, he wants to be part of that.
0: Yeah, that's a good comparison, John Lester. I mean, because th- that's what I think the Sox are going to need to legitimize not just the rebuild, but where they're going to be at that point. Because you need the one guy to say, okay, here we go. I'm buying the White Sox, and I'm going to put all my free agent money in that basket, and that can be the turnaround for not just Really, for, for the whole thing, because it legitimizes it, and then you get this huge piece, and then everyone else is going to follow him, correct?
1: Yeah, oh, exactly. Because that guy should help him win more games. Then all of a sudden say, oh, if he's having fun there, you know, I'll go there too. Remember when Pedro Rodriguez went there before we knew it? Magui Ordonez went there, and a couple other big stars too. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, once, it, once the first star goes to a team, other guys will say, hey, how is it there? Okay, I wanna I wanna
0: to come too. All right, that's the storyline I want to see for the White Sox. Okay, and now one last question. This I'm just gonna put you on the spot. Fill in the blank. Jose Quintana will be traded to Blank.
1: Ooh, let me see. <laughs> I'm gonna go, uh I'm gonna go Quintana still to the uh to the Houston Astros. I'm gonna go David Robertson to the Boston Red Sox.
0: Robertson to the Red Sox, are you hearing that?
1: I just think yeah, Dave Dombrowski and, and the White Sox have done a lot of trades in the past. Yeah, they got Craig Kimbrell. Can you imagine though they have Robertson in the eighth inning and Kimbrell in the ninth? That's gonna be a tough team to beat. Yeah. And uh, and uh, you know, plus you get Robertson for you know another year after this. So uh, I just I, I love the trading history between those two franchises. And usually when you see big trades, it's usually teams with a history of each other.
0: Okay, I like it. Bob Nightingale from USA Today, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for your information and your knowledge, and we'll be following you at Bob Nightingale on Twitter to see what kind of uh, news comes the White Sox way uh, over the coming weeks. Enjoy your holiday, and we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thank you, Ted. All right, Bob. All right, the White Sox Talk podcast was brought to you by WindTrust Community Bank, home of White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at Wintrust.com slash Sox Thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so it's there on your phone whenever we have a new one. And we'll talk to you soon.
1: Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate.